Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide you, the listener, meaningful support to find great careers faster. And that's whether you're working or not. Today's episode is brought to you by the Anatomy of a Networking Conversation ebook. It's a free resource that you can download at jobseekersradio.com. In today's show, we're talking about making career decisions without fear. Now, I don't know if fear ever goes away. <laughs> no. It's it a man- it's a manageable thing, maybe, depending For most on how of you us, approach yes. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and really we brought this to the fore because of a lot of things that are going on, not mm-hmm. only in our our lives maybe or even in our coaching interactions, but also in, in just in the world, in yeah. society in general. We're dealing with a pandemic, we have the Black Lives Matter movement, we have a lot of political unrest going on just within the United States, not to mention what's going on around the world. There's a lot going on that can uh, create fear. And so we're just going to talk about career in the job search. And again, that's whether you're working or not. Fear is involved uh, regardless of where you are. It, it, it's one of those things where y- you might even feel like, is it really fear or is there some other emotion that I'm feeling? It's great to, to explore that. And that's basically where we're going to go. And we acknowledge, right, Scott, that outside influences can either fuel or um, exacerbate your fears. Absolutely. Uh, so we're not going to cover that part of it, but we acknowledge that that exists. Right. Uh, really, we're talking about, is it possible? Is it possible to make career decisions without fear? Yeah, I, I remember, and I'm going to paraphrase probably badly, but I believe, I know it was uh, an army general that said it, I believe it was Patton, that uh, made the comment that fear, or courage is not the absence of fear, but the ability to act well in spite of it. And again, that's probably a poor paraphrase, but you get the gist of it. And I like to come back to that thought whenever I am looking at something that is triggering fear in me, is that if I can make progress, however small that progress is, if I'm still moving in the right direction, it's still progress, can I do that while managing my fear? And that's really what works for me is the idea of managing it, not getting rid of it. You can't. I can't. In fact, I I read an article not too long ago that suggested that those who actually do act without any fear, that's a disorder. So that that helps me feel better about managing my fears. Well, when I first heard that question, I was like, well, maybe, maybe you can manage these career decisions without fear. Maybe not. It really just depends on your perspective. Absolutely. And, you know, if you look at it from a position of being employed and you you have assets in the bank and all these different things, then you've built up really a fortress of protection where making decisions is a little bit easier because you're not fearful of what may happen. Right. Uh, So really, it just depends on each person's perspective in, in how you process these different things you might be thinking about. That's a really good point that if you've got a lot of different options, whether that's through planning or any other thing, you know, you've got the money in the bank, you, you're now living with your boyfriend or girlfriend and suddenly it's a, you know, it's not just your income. All of these things are different ways of coming back to that. You know, what are my options? What it, where is my fortress? That, that's a good idea. 
And letting go of one thing for another is something I kept thinking about is that, hey, I've invested my time, my energy, my skills in this place that I'm at or I've just come from. Can I really let go of that and grab something else? And there's some fear there because guess what? There's change. And anytime there's change, there's fear and anxiety and and disruption. And you go through these different cycles And some of it also might be job search related, right? I look at job search and I used to do job search this way. And now I need to let go of that and try a different way. So we really advocate the networking piece. That's why we give people the anatomy of a networking conversation ebook is to give them the tools to be successful in doing something different. Uh, So that means, hey, maybe I have to let go a little bit of what I think job search should be and try something that's different. Uh, to move forward. Uh, so letting go of one thing and going to another sometimes can create fear, but it also creates opportunity, possibility. Sure. Right. It's all based on perspective. You remind me of an Oprah Winfrey quote uh, that a friend told me. I, I, I can't quote her specifically. And it was many years ago. But the idea is she was talking about money and making money and, and bringing money into your life. The concept was if you are holding on to the money that you have so tightly that your hands are closed, they are not open to accept more. This, I, I think, applies in the idea when you you have to let go of something if you're going to grab something new. You don't really have a choice. So what does that look like? Coming back to managing the fear, don't let go of the thing that's keeping you alive. <laughs> but you can let go of the things that are just nice to have, right? Yeah. I was talking to somebody recently who didn't want to give up his uh, Starbucks that he would go every afternoon to get his venti iced coffee. And just this was a tradition that he'd been doing for many years now. And it's just it's what kept him feeling grounded and life continues. So because I can count on getting this and without addressing the fact that he's spending how much money every week on coffee? It's like, you've got a, an espresso machine at home. <laughs> Make it. You'll save money. Yes. You know, but he, he didn't want to let go of the, 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 the comfort, comfort. Mm-hmm. that that routine brought him. Okay, it's a decision. Fine. Now, don't complain too hard about not having right. that extra $15 a week. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, who knows what comes after complacency, but maybe... <laughs> adversity because I think if you stand still for too long something's something's gonna knock you over so here's the thing is that he found that thing and he hooked onto it and that brought him safety and that so that I think that's natural for all of us to be seeking some degree of safety or comfort if we don't have it somewhere else Uh, and that is within his control and really if we're talking about control uh, and fear they're kind of two sides of the same coin sometimes is that that which you don't control creates fear, right? And and yet, what do you really control? We're going to talk about that actually on a future episode. But I think part of this is really deciding what it is that seems so fearful and seeing how to mitigate or manage that. Interesting timing. I woke up this morning from a dream. Truly. Was I in it? No. Um, No, but... A networking colleague, friend of mine, was in it, interestingly, and we, to try and make it very short, 
we were sneaking into his friend's building. His friend had the penthouse in a high rise and we were going to camp out on the rooftop, which was against the rules. And so for some reason, we were taking a back door to get up to his friend's penthouse. But the back door, the back stairwell and and elevators didn't open into his this this penthouse. You had to go outside on an eight inch ledge to then walk at the top of the building, right? Walk into over to his friend's uh, penthouse and his kids are in there. I can see them through the window. They're playing. My friend went in. He didn't have any problem walking on this eight inch ledge, you know, however many hundred feet above the air or above the ground. He walked in and it's like, I, I'm, I have a phobia of falling. I cannot do this. And by the end of the dream, I came to the decision that I am not going to, to try. I'm not doing this because I'm going to honor this feeling in myself. I'm not going to do that. I will find something else to do. So here we get to the point. Let's say you are the type where you simply are too afraid to go to that networking event. Don't. Don't kill yourself or get into that existential fear. If that's where you're going to go, find other ways. Because it's finding the alternatives that are, is going to build your self-confidence. So the idea of, you know, am I going to be uncomfortable? Well, by all means, jump into that. You'll learn how to get comfortable. Are you going to be gripped with terror? Maybe you don't want to do that. And that's okay. Baby steps. Yeah. It's like that movie, What About Bob? Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Baby steps out the door. Baby steps down. No, I haven't. Been. Oh, it's a great movie. You should see it. What about Bob? I'll put that in the uh, in the show notes. Yeah, too. I'd like to see that. But um, sometimes they think of fear. You can think of fear as an acronym, and many people call it false evidence appearing real. real. Yes, and yeah. what I, that we means. We may have mentioned that in an earlier. I'm episode. sure that we have. Yeah, and, that, and it bears repeating that. in in the current times. Yeah, uh, it's hard to find peace anywhere today. Yeah. Uh, other than you know, my backyard, <laughs> I love doing the yard work. Yard therapy. I love garden therapy myself. Yeah. So you and I are, are on the same page there. Um, but you're right. Doing things that that scare you, I think, is different than things that terrify you. Yes. Because there could be something that scares you, but you're using that maybe as a mild excuse not to do anything. Uh-huh. But then there may truly be something that terrifies you, like walking on an eight inch ledge you know, however many stories in the sky. Um, And and you're right. However, there's always a baby step. That's why I brought up what about Bob? There's always a baby step you could take. Yes. What is one small step I could take to get more comfortable with networking? Maybe that's downloading the anatomy of a networking conversation. Maybe that's just practicing with a trusted friend. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that looks like. I mean, we can't go to Starbucks and tap somebody on the shoulder anymore. That'd be a little... Weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, but I, I, I think about a conversation I was having with someone recently where they said, oh, I can't ask my family to do that. Why the heck not? If, if you're with people who truly care about you, they will probably say, oh, by all means, please. Practice makes perfect. I don't care who you practice with. I don't care if it's the dog. Practice. There isn't anyone who cares about you that you cannot go to. 
If you cannot go to them, they don't care enough about you. Put that where it belongs, right? But turn to the people who do care about you because they will. I promise you, they will work with you on this. It's more important to get the practice going. For those of you that may find that difficult and still challenging, I always flip it around, right? If the roles were reversed or uh -huh. if you looked at it from a 180 degree perspective yeah. and someone came to you for help, would you say, would you say yes? Yeah. And what would you do? And how would you help? Yeah. Right. So you'd walk through those steps. Okay. So then you doing the same thing for that other person or to that with that other person makes a whole lot of sense, doesn't it? Right. <laughs> right. Yes. I, I, I've had that same conversation with a number of people. And, and that's okay. One of the things in conflict coaching that we talk about as the main idea of dealing with conflict is to gain another perspective. And there's a lot of guessing and making assumptions and everything to, to gain that perspective. But the idea isn't to suddenly let go of the conflict. It's how do you manage that within yourself? Because that's where conflict, conflict really exists. If you have actually done something about it, uh, you know, you have re responded to that person or if you've retaliated, you've done something to make them upset. Now you're into dispute, separate process. Gaining another perspective is going to help you. And so if that's what would you do to help the other person if they came to you with the same idea, what would they say? How would you respond? If they said to you what you've said to me, how would you tell that other person? Listen to your own advice. Yeah. Well, and having... <laughs> Not everybody is self-directed that way. Right. Of course, that's why this podcast exists. So you can get that perspectives and maybe try it out. But some people may need to leverage resources. And, mm -hmm. and whether that's uh, through a friend or a family member, kind of the low bar, if you will, the safe space to start these things. Uh, other people may need outside help from, say, a coach like uh, us or um, some sort of career job coach yeah. or counselor or EAP or whatever. I, um, yeah, I, I would say, first of all, if you are currently working and you have, you're working for a company that has an employee assistance program, um, they often have counselors. Counselors will be able to give you some job coaching as well as just personal coaching. Um, and the company pays for that. That, that is available to you. Um, if you can't afford a coach, well, if you can afford a coach, please hire a coach because they probably, if they're charging, they're probably experienced enough to be able to help. Now, you have to go through some a work vetting, with them yeah, to, process. To, yeah. to see if they're going to be helpful to you. But with that said, I do recommend hiring someone if you have the wherewithal to do, do so. If you cannot... There are a number of places that offer sliding scales. And if you seriously, if you have zero money, which especially during this pandemic, there are people who have gone through all their resources. Mm. Trust me, I've been there. I feel for you. There are services out there where it's on a sliding scale. And if that means zero, you pay zero. Talk to someone. Find someone. And and there are uh, it, it's a quick Google search in your area. And because people will do this over the phone. These resources are available. Do your research. Yeah. And that, that same research is valid even though EAP, the Employee Assistance Program, is free. It's not free to the company, but it's right. free to you as an employee. Yep. Doesn't mean you shouldn't still do your, your vetting mm -hmm. or your research and, 
And you know what I found is just doing that research and explaining my situation to many different people to see if there's a fit. I actually get a resolution. <laughs> right. Because so, you've talked yourself you've talked, through, you've talked your through your it process. four or five yeah. times yeah. with these different people. And you're like, I'm good. You know? yeah. I feel better. <laughs> now, if you're looking for a specific outcome, great. Five conversations with different coaches. You may realize what outcome you actually want and then can start working towards that. That's great. If you're also like, uh, I can't think of his name, and he didn't know what he wanted to do. Okay, that's a different question. So you don't know what outcome you want. Let's talk about what you're actually interested in doing. Mm. Because if you, if you don't know what you're going to make at the end of this cooking session, it's anybody's guess which yeah. ingredients are going to work for you, right? Often I see people that I coach always look at the end, right? They're looking <laughs> at the end before they've seen the beginning. And the challenge with that is if you if the end is a moving target and it's moving around with every job posting you're seeing, you don't know what the end is. Trust right. me, you have right. an ident- you have what's called great identity point. crisis. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, that's a great point. And part of that is just looking past your fear and saying, "Okay, this is what I love to do." And that's more like self-advocacy and saying, sure. Hey, I have permission to be happy. I have permission to do things I enjoy. I have permission. It's your life your career, yeah. you get to choose what you want to do. Now, that said, once you choose what you want to do, make sure you advocate for it. And that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about with the networking. And and that's something that has helped me overcome fear personally, is, is just saying, this is what I enjoy doing. And if it's something that's strong enough, there's nothing going to stop me. You know you, what I mean? I do. Yeah. And I, I, you, you reminded me of someone that um, I've been talking to recently who has a great deal of skill. He's got great experience. He's a musician. Great experience in, as a, a teacher, a middle school music teacher. And for whatever reason, he left that job. And to make money, he took a job in financial services. Well, he doesn't feel very strongly about financial services. He, in fact, doesn't really enjoy the job. And he's, he's told me recently he's been kicking himself for taking the job in the first place because it doesn't align with his personal values. It was decent money and it provided a regular paycheck. And he's been there for like five years. Five and, years in a job he doesn't like? Well, the, the work itself he likes because it helps people. And that's uh, really what he's about is helping people and helping them. Uh, what I really appreciate about him and why we've become good friends is he keeps telling me, you do you. Don't fit into somebody else's idea of what you're supposed to be. You do you. And that's his, his go-to phrase. You, you do you. You be you. One or the other. And so here he is giving the advice of you go be you, you go do you, and yet he's not. And when he finally admitted to me that he's got six months of income in the bank, he could be without work for six months. He is in a relationship. He's not the only income in the, the household. And he, he said to me, one of his fears is he has a chronic health condition. He needs the insurance. And I asked him, well, have you used the Obamacare for lack of a better? Yeah, ACA. ACA. Yes, thank yeah. you. 
I, I asked him, have you used the ACA benefits in the past? Well, no. Okay. Well, they are available to you. There are a range of different programs you can get on. And of course, they, they yeah. have different pricing. Well, and if you have a spouse or another person, you might be able, that's a qualifying event. Sure. You can get on their, their insurance. The difficulty, though, is that he, he has very specific needs that may or may not be covered, irrespective of a, a pre-existing condition, what he uses. He uses equipment that may not be covered by all insurance. Okay, that's great. That, that is a reasonable fear. Oh, he also told me that on July 3rd, he's going to have his next health checkup where every, all the prescriptions and everything else that he needs will be taken care of. And I told him, if you don't tell me the following Monday that you've tendered your resignation, I'm going to ask you why. Because you have all of the resources yeah. available to you and you have skills that are going to be needed again just within a few months. So you probably won't go that whole time without work. Wait and see. And, and if you can teach music remotely. Yeah, he, he's amazing. I know him through yeah. uh, e-learning, authoring and other Internet based work. There isn't anything he can't do yeah. in things that, that drive him. So here we're overcoming a fear, a reasonable fear, but you have the resources set up. It comes back to what you mentioned at the beginning. He established a, a fortress. Avail yourself of it. Take advantage of that. Well, I mean, that's a good point. If you have some sort of extenuating circumstance, your false evidence appearing real is that you will... You will not have access to any of that stuff when you leave someplace. Although you can go procure it on the open market. Right. And it just may be a little more expensive. Right. But it's not as expensive as Cobra. Right. Which, and that's where his fear was based because when he was, when he left the teaching gig, he paid for Cobra, which is insanely expensive. I don't know anybody who pays for it. Well, that, that yeah. doesn't transition to something yeah. else I, I, very soon afterwards. It, it, it was crazy. I did yeah. years ago on one of my layoffs, and I, I let it lapse because I couldn't afford it. Yeah. Well, in, in spite of the fear, I think one of the more practical things that we can do is think about these things on paper. Look at the pros and the cons. Um, just lay everything out mm -hmm. and, and see what the logical – and that's hard for some people, especially if they're feeling type people, to see the logical solution, right, or the logical next step. Well, that's where conversation with other people comes in. I, I'm one of those. I've, I feel my decisions. If I don't believe in it, I don't make that decision. If I do, I make the decision even when logic wasn't a part of it. I admit that. Hopefully, I have the sense to talk to my logically minded friends because they're the ones that come back and say, did you consider this? What is going to be the outcome of that? And they helped me see the logic. So that yeah, we had a mini coaching session right before, yeah. the, right before we aired the podcast. But seriously, and this is one of the things that networking can do for us. Now it's, it's a little different in the, the, the Zoom world anymore. Um, with the pandemic going on and people are staying socially distant, we're doing everything on, um, online, but you still have the ability to get those other perspectives that, mm. that can help ground you when you need that, uh, especially if you're dealing with fear. Well, and if the fear is coming from the outside world like that, from pandemic and, you know, Black Lives Matter, whatever, you know, all those things are valid, right? All yeah, those things are happening. And they're important happening, conversations and they're to important, have. Right. 
what we need is more conversation, not less. Right. And we can't we can't use this as an excuse not to reach out and have a conversation right. with somebody. Uh, because I'm thinking even right now, somebody I should probably write their name down because I need to contact them because they're not they're not in a healthy place. Right. And what they need is somebody to reach out to them to maybe calm their fears, not not do deal with their fears, just calm those fears a little bit. Yeah. One of the things that you just triggered in my head was the idea of carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. I didn't mean to trigger you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't turn me into human resources. <laughs> Too late. Oh, wait a minute. You work uh, in human resources. Right. <laughs> but, no, it, 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 it's true. Many, especially those who, who have a great deal of empathy, we carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. And we're, we're getting in our own way. So again, getting other perspectives, talking to other people about their situations is a really good way to start looking at things a little more objectively. Another idea that I ran across before we got together today was the idea of doing things for other people. And it really is about getting out of your own head and getting into helping others get out of their heads. And it's really interesting how that can turn your own thinking around just by involving yourself with other people. Yeah. And, and if, if this current day and age hasn't shown us something is that maybe we've been a little too selfish, a little low empathy, and we should demonstrate to others more compassion. Right. And help them by getting groceries or, you know, if they need their lawn cut and they can't physically do it, go do that for them. So sure, um, there's lots of things that we all can do. And you can probably think as a listener right now, there's there's people that have basic needs right now that you could fill. But really, it's taking inventory. What is your what is your headspace look like today? Yeah. And what's consuming most of that space? And what once you acknowledge it and can see it, you can work with it. Yeah, I I, I think about a conversation I had with one of my kids when she was still in, in middle school and the idea of there is no truth that I cannot handle because if it's true, I know where to start or at least I know what I need to be working toward. Um, in this case, if you're looking for a job, okay, you know what that is. If you're clear on what that job needs to be, keep working towards that. Networking is our primary uh, recommendation, but there are other things that we can do. When, when my headspace is now filled up with whatever's happening in the world, um, your idea of getting it on paper, maybe that's typing it onto your computer screen, whatever works for you, getting it out of your head and onto something else can really help to focus the mind. It also helps you to stop thinking about all the other things that you're reading on social media or whatever. If you're like me, where you you go to social media to connect with your friends and then you start getting upset because of all the things they're posting, don't go to social media, right? Or connect with that friend in a different way. Come on. Right. Is that, yeah, anyway. Brought me back to something I read a number of years ago about someone who was saying, call me. You send them a text message, they respond with, call me. You leave a, a, a voicemail. Voicemail. They're not going to leave another voicemail for you uh, other than to say, call me. And they are forcing their friends to actually talk. And I would recommend that. Uh, don't text people. Don't send emails to people. Talk to people. 
So if you are overwhelmed, if you're fearful, whatever it is, talk to people mm -hmm. because it makes a difference in how you process the thinking. Sometimes fear is you not wanting to take a risk. And there certainly is risk, but there's also reward. So we talked earlier about obligations. And the reason I bring that up is that people are often fearful because they think they're taking a risk. And your mind huh. can play tricks on you that's, oh, that's a risk. But yeah. then you don't get the reward either. One of the things in coaching practice that we talk about is look at the pros and cons. Everything has a risk. Doing nothing has risks. Sometimes doing nothing is the right thing to do because the risks of doing something are greater. But I'm not sure that that's always true, right? Look at the pros and cons. Figure out what your alternatives are. What are the pros and cons? What are the pros and cons for others who are involved in the conversation? And then you have a more logical, rational way of looking at what those risks are. Because if it turns out that change actually provides less risk than staying the same, it's easier to make the change. That's a change management tool. And change management is something you can keep for the rest of your career. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody should be working on learning, right? Learning is a key skill in today's marketplace, my opinion, of course. Leader I think that's borne out. Right. Leadership is a key skill in today's marketplace. Right. Um, and it. continual learning is the best way to become a leader. But Right. And we digress. can talk through all those philosophies, yeah. but the, we're just trying to give the listener here a perspective sure. on, on how we're aligned in our philosophies mm -hmm. on a lot of these things. And that part of this process is finding people you trust that share your values so that you have less fear. Yep. Well, that does it for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. You can find all the show notes and the resources at jobseekersradio.com forward slash 080. And then don't forget, you can download the free resource, Anatomy of a Networking Conversation ebook, along with companion audio. Yes. I'll fill in for you, Scott. Thank it's you. Okay. Uh, head over to iTunes and subscribe to get future episodes of this. We appreciate your time, the, the yeah. listening. And, and if you use iTunes, there's also a link in the show notes for... Uh, rate and review. So yeah, we appreciate that. There's two parts to that. There's the rate, which is the five-star thing, and then the review is where you actually type something. Right. And send us questions if if you've got something on your mind. And, and know you know, thinking. if you are fearful and you don't have anybody to reach out to, there is a contact us button on the website. Yeah, we're happy to, uh, please, to help you. Please reach out to us if you need any support at all. Well, this is Andrew. And I'm Scott. And in the words of Anonymous... Hey, he's my favorite philosopher. And boy, has he been prolific anonymous said do something today that your future self will thank you for bye everybody <laughs>